Hello, this is the prayer and meditation for Sunday, March 7th, the third Sunday in Lent for St. Peter's United Church of Christ. This is Pastor Stephanie, and I'm glad you're listening to the sermon and prayer this morning. May God be with you and just surround you with love. Our scripture lesson for this morning is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18-25. through 25. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the disturbment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are being called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. This is one of my favorite passages. Sometimes we call ourselves fools for Christ because we do follow foolish wisdom in the world's way, because God offers us salvation through the cross, which doesn't really make sense to those who wish to be powerful. But God always offers salvation and then offers us a way to live into that salvation, which we talk about in the Ten Commandments, which I'll be reading my own version of in the message today. For a while it is popular. For a while, you might remember, people had yard signs and they said the Ten Commandments on, and some people still do. You can walk around and see them or drive in a different neighborhood. I know the neighborhood I lived in St. Louis, there were a lot of people who had yard signs with the Ten Commandments. And the signs always seemed to be in blue on white background and that kind of an outline of tablets around the outside of the Ten Commandments. And I went online and saw that, oh, you can still order these signs. And they have others that look a little brown with dark writing. It actually kind of look more like tablets, a little harder to read. And even one with an American, a bald eagle, and uh, the flag with the Ten Commandments. Obviously, the Ten Commandments are an important part of the American religious culture. Now, God didn't give the Ten Commandments to the founding fathers of the United States. God gave these commandments to those Hebrews who had recently been sl- freed from slavery. The Hebrews were trying to figure out an identity for themselves as a people. For generations, their identity was that they're slaves. I'm a slave. I'm going to do what that taskmaster tells me to do. But now they were free and the questions abounded. Who are they as a people? How are they supposed to live? What would be their relationship with God and one another? Would Moses become a supreme ruler like Pharaoh? Would my fellow freed slaves become taskmasters? As people wandering in the desert, the Hebrews do not have a temple for making sacrifices or a place of government. 
How is their faith going to be lived? The Ten Commandments explain that God is their ruler and that they are to live in daily relationship with God. This relationship with God also extends to how they care and live with each other. Like the creation of the United States Constitution, which guides our nation, this was truly a new way of being a nation. In the Ten Commandments, God gives the Hebrew people guidance as to who God is and how they are to be in relationship with God and one another. They are to live in a spirit of worship and thanksgiving to God who saved them from slavery in Egypt. They are to live in right relationship with one another. Worshiping God is not just a moment for festivals, but a part of their daily lives. And a part of our daily lives, too, or should be. God's salvation comes first. God did not wait until the Hebrew people had lived as the law commands before saving them. God saw their suffering and saved them. God now asks the people to live lives that show their gratitude for their salvation. This is my simple summary of the Ten Commandments. God saves us, so only worship God. Do not create your own gods or shape God into the image that you want. Do not misuse God's name or use God's name for selfish purposes. On the seventh day, rest and worship God. What an amazing thing to say to former slaves. Honor your parents. Do not murder. Do not harm your marriage by breaking your relationship with one another and another person's marriage by breaking their relationships too. Do not take what does not belong to you. Do not tell lies about other people. Do not get envious and spend your time wanting what other people have. If you want to read these, these can be found in Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5. They're a little bit different in each of those, but go ahead and read them. These commandments have to do with living in right relationship with God and each other. Jesus came to restore our broken relationships. Jesus did not wait until we perfectly fulfilled the commandments before he died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross so that we could be forgiven for our weakness in following the law. Human beings are imperfect creatures. Often we live lives of regret for things that we have done or not done. God knows this about us. So God sent Jesus to save us. Jesus did what the world considered foolish and died on the cross. What kind of God would sacrifice his son? This is not what powerful do for the children. The powerful people want anything. I mean, just look at the recent college admission scandal where many rich and powerful people went to great lengths cheating, hiring other people to take the college entrance exams for their children, pretending they were athletes when they weren't. This is what rich and powerful people will do to see that their children can go to prestigious universities and have all the advantages and continue the powerful family line. God is powerful, but God cares for us. God loves us so much that Jesus died to save us. Reconciliation and salvation happen even though we do things that we regret. Reconciliation happens when we turn over our regrets to Jesus. We do not need to save ourselves. Jesus offers us love and salvation freely. 
God's love is a gift freely given. First, God saves us. Then we worship and obey in a spirit of thanksgiving and love. You know, I think I'm going to go ahead and be a fool for Christ. That's kind of what some people refer to that passage from 1 Corinthians. I'm a fool for Christ. I'm going to follow God's wisdom, which might just seem foolish to the rest of the world. And praise God. Let us take a moment for prayer. I know there's a lot of things that trouble all of us in this world. And sometimes we try to fix them ourselves. That just makes life harder. So think about what regrets and pains and sufferings you can imagine. And turn them over to God. Just turn them over to Jesus. Let us pray. God who saves us and restores us to right relationship, help us to live lives worthy of your love. May we worship you with our whole hearts, offering you thanks and praise for all that you have done for us. May we seek to follow you and live in right relationship with you and each other. We have hurts and pains, joys and concerns. Our world can be a troubling place with disease and violence. Calm our troubled hearts and be with those who need your loving care and strength. And be with us and take your worries upon you. And may we live in joy that you save us just for being who we are and loving you. Take a moment in silent prayer and bring those concerns up to God. Feel God's love wrapping you and holding you. Let us join together in praying the Lord's Prayer, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now may you trust and hope in the promises of God all your life long. Amen. And this ends our podcast for Sunday, March 7th, 2021, the third Sunday of Lent. May God's blessings be with you always. And for more prayer and worship resources, go to our website, www.stpetersowensville.com. God bless.